Hey, it's the intermission. Fart sound. Piano music. Hi. Don't have a pre-programmed intro thing yet. Hi, I'm Teague. Hi, Brian. Hi, Dorkman. <laughs> Hi, Dorkman. <laughs> also Trey. And Trey. This week we've had uh, we've had some people talking in the threads, in the threads, in the forum at large. Threads in the forum. You and your lingo. We're seeing the forum for the threads. Um, <laughs> that we, they would like to see what our process is for taking the collective knowledge of, of Down in Front's done and applying that to the process of making a movie and writing a script and that kind of thing. And the the original uh, supposition was that maybe we should do a page that way. And, and we all kind of nixed that. We're like, it's a little. It's, you know, it's a little hard line in the sand to say, and this is how you should write a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a conversation to have, surely. Considering there have been ten books written, right. that is their log line. It's a conversation to have, surely. It's just not something that we want to be pinned down forever as that's the what, that's what we said, that's how we feel about it, because we might have a better idea tomorrow. You we might said. read a different book. <laughs> you might discover something interesting on the next movie we do a commentary then for. we just write a new book and sell yeah, that. Sell that. <laughs> that's what Blake's night. That's what they all do. So we thought we'd, we'd start that conversation at least on the intermission. So, Brian, how do you write a movie? Uh, when you sit down to write a movie... What's your process? <laughs> I don't finish. That is what happens when I try to write something. That's, that's, um, a lot of people do it that way. Well, I, I think if I'm going to present one piece of advice, I think it's, you know, as we talked about, I think it was on the Lost World commentary, uh, know, know why you are telling that story in the first place and keep that actively in mind. And um, What's an answer for the question, why are you telling the story? Not the answer for all, any of them. Just what's right. an answer like that sound like? Well, I think personally that the the purpose of telling a story is to communicate some idea of that I that I believe about how human beings should interact with the world around them or with each other, and that basically most themes should should ideally boil down in some way, shape, or form to that basic concept. And so, movies and stories should be about that. Again, and we should preface all of this with whatever rules we were about to say or whatever ideas we have. Break, break any rule that anybody ever tells you is a rule. Um, if you have a reason, except if, for that one, not because, except for that one, not because you, but, not yes. because you don't know it, because you know it, and you've got a better idea in this yeah, particular right. case. Um, yes, does that answer your question? Start with a theme. That's what you're saying. Or start with a why. Have an I have an idea for the theme, and and the the other aspect of it is you don't have to necessarily have everything worked out beforehand or any detail, but there are certain uh, things that are so important. That you really need to have some good, uh, solid idea before you start down the whole long process. And theme is, I think, the most important of those is just know why you're going to all this trouble in the first place of sitting down and writing 120 pages of a story and then raising millions of dollars and then getting hundreds or thousands of people together and then spending a year or two years of your life to make this story. Know why you're doing that in the first place, because otherwise... You're about to waste a lot of money in people's time <laughs> yeah. in your own time. So you better hope it's a lot of money. You yeah. better hope that it very least a lot of money. And this is, you know, this is. Uh, I was just reading a, a screenwriting book um, called Tales from the Script, which I think some of you may have read. It's I see. I saw, they, the, there's, there's a, a documentary. There's a documentary, documentary of it that's yeah. based on the book, which I, is on Netflix. Instance, at yeah, least, or it was when I. I haven't seen the documentary. It. The the book is well worth reading, and I'm sure the the movies. You know, a lot of the same things are brought up. But but many of the screenwriters talk about that about the you know the, the horrifying studio interfacing process where it's like here's my script you know and it's all thematically blah, blah, and they go yeah but shouldn't the train explode and i'm like mm-hmm. you know and you try and you know make a thematic argument like but what the story is really about right that's you're not going to get much traction there you right know? And if, if they're going to put you know 100 million dollars in a movie they're like we really need the train to explode and then and then and then the idea of rewriting where someone else will come in and they don't like your theme, right? And they're like, oh, this or they is- might not have noticed. Yeah, they might not notice it had one, and and then they they write ten scenes that go in the same movie, 
that are seem to be different than the other ten scenes in terms of what they're trying to say, and that's why you get movies the way you get them. Is is you know, there's there was there wasn't any guiding sort of idea of what the story was. Right. I mean, that's the process of making the sausage making process of making movies. Exactly, in Hollywood. and it's inevitable and happens it to everybody. Know how big a screenwriter it is, but when you're writing your story, right. And yes. if if you are lucky enough to be in a world where you are the the sole and primary authorship and authority on your story, and you don't have to deal with that system for whatever reason, then God bless you, sir. Godspeed. Is there any sort of rule that works that we, that's tested and that it seems to be the case that every scene should have blank? Is there anything that fills conflict. that answer? Everything should have conflict? Every scene should relate back to your theme in, in some way. Should every scene point to the next scene? Or is that just yeah, a nice thing to do? Every scene should move the story forward. Yeah. Yes. It should have conflict and move the story forward. Because literally, if, if it doesn't have conflict and doesn't move the story forward, What's it, there it for? shouldn't well, be yeah, in the movie. What is the point of seeing it? It's because, oh, I had this great idea for a line of dialogue, or I had this yeah. great idea for a, if two guys punching each yeah. other in a long Or I really or wanted that trip to or Hawaii. If, or if the scene is funny as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you, if you can get away with having a useless scene if it's funny as fuck, yeah. and you're and, making a comedy. And actually, and there, and I can, we can point to a very uh, popular, successful movie recently that has a scene that should absolutely have been cut and I'm glad they didn't because it's a great scene uh, social network the scene in the dean's office bears no has no bearing on the story whatsoever remind uh, me of that I'd scene? actually disagree with you on that but Wait, which scene are we talking about I'm uh, talking about the, where the, the, the Winklevi supporting gotcha. characters yeah, that one. Okay. go yeah. talk I was trying to picture at which point Jesse yeah. Eisenberg was in a dean's office I'm he like, never was uh, and that's the point is right, right, you know, right. two supporting characters go Get to achieve a goal they that yeah. they don't achieve right and then well, they proceed to achieve it a different way. That's yeah. part of, but that's, that's part, part of their story. story. Yeah. The, their story well, that's, is that it's that's not why it's there is because it's once. part of their story. But right. again, it's a scene that if if you drop that scene out, there's you wouldn't miss anything in the story. I suppose it's true. You know, because it's like we went to the dean and nothing happened, and that's the definition of a scene that didn't go anywhere. So I, I would still disagree with that. I would say that because the conflict between the two Winklevi brothers heightens and escalates over the time, in, in there because they they want to take two different approaches. So the failure of that approach. And, and again, all, all I'm saying is. It's exactly the kind of scene where you go, yeah, that underscored character that we already there see elsewhere yeah. and tells a All story right. that we already see elsewhere. It's Again, true. if you're cutting a scene, that mo- it's the most glaring scene I've seen in a, in, a, in a movie that works and is well-made and is fantastic. But it's one of those scenes like, why am I watching this scene other than the fact that it's hysterically funny? Yeah. I'm not saying they should have cut it. Again, it's, it's a right. rule. It's, they broke the rule. It's like anyone, anyone would have said that scene, you know. If you're cutting that, that movie had to be shorter, that scene would have gone. That's the scene that would disappear. But uh, you know, it's in there and it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's this wow. It's a scene that it's it's a scene that really, really, really the movie doesn't need, but it's a great scene. How do you develop a character, and what does that mean? Well, what does that even fucking <laughs> mean? Let me refer you well, to the eight different books that I've written on that topic. Nah. Uh, uh, well, the the com- the accepted wisdom is to start with the character's spine, the one defining quality that is central to their character, which it, you know is set up as something that they want, something they want to achieve, yeah. or some object have they a desire character that needs a goal, uh, yeah. some goal that they Must want to achieve, goal. and then that's their spine or or their through line, um, their through line action, and that defines them throughout the, the the length of the story that they're telling, and then you add dimensions on top of that yeah story is about a, per- a person who wants a thing and whether or not they got it yeah and and importantly something that that people seem to leave out i think why we watching them should care exactly you know no matter what level you're at you're, you're always dealing with conflict you're always dealing with a the protagonist wants something that and there are obstacles between them whether it's to save the world or to get <laughs> the girl or or the guy or whatever they want 
they want something. It's not going to be easy to get the the story. The the plot is them getting it. The question is, why should we care if we if they get it? Because a lot of, uh, especially action movies and stuff like that, but a lot of romance, you know, romantic movies that don't work as well. It's like I see no reason yeah. that these two people should be together. I don't care if they get together. Why am I watching this? You I know? was uh, uh, not too long ago. Um, a f- someone gave me a script that it was a spec. It was a it was a pilot pitch. It wasn't just a spec. Uh, for a network, it was written. I mean, it was a, a pilot order. I mean, it wasn't just like oh, we just wrote this, uh, you know, pilot out of out of our ass. It's like no, literally, we pitched this to a network, a major network, and this is our pilot script. You know, it's like this is a real, you know, project that we're submitting. Um, and it was it was kind of this is several years ago, so it wasn't. Uh, I'm not saying it was a ripoff at all, but it, it, it was. I guess it was kind of that like leverage kind of zone. It's like it's about a group of people. It was like if if Bill Gates decided to like solve crime and help people you know it's like this guy is really rich and he has you know so he can get any resources he wants and he has access to everything every bit of information and he helps people and so it was like it was the pilot for this concept of kind of like you know mission impossible with bill gates kind of kind of show um and and you know nothing wrong with the premise so you can go a thousand different ways with the premise but um but the story they actually told was about you know the the guy that they're helping and the pilot is a guy, he's a, he's a, like a grad student at a, and he's involved in some kind of level of science and he's up for a major award, but he's probably not going to win the major award because there's this other guy who's kind of a douchebag that he wants to, you know, he wants to be the guy to win this award because then he gets a scholarship or a job or something like that. And the, the episode is about that. And, and so afterwards they said, you know, they asked me, what'd you think? And I said, well, see, I think the issue is the jeopardy is, there's a guy in danger of being named the second best microbiologist at that university. I'm not particularly engaged by that problem, you know. Uh, and so that was the that was the issue. It's like there's nothing wrong. Everything was fine, but it's like of all the non nothing, you know, problems you could have for this team to so don't said, want to be the best microbiologist <laughs> at the university. My gosh, you could only be this. And and I think they even spelled it out that like he only gets. A five hundred thousand dollar grant, then, or something like that's no. I think it, could someone someone's life be at stake or something, maybe, or uh, yeah, or cure for cancer in there somewhere. I don't know. Work it in. Yeah, you have to you have to set it up so that the stakes are are meaningful and and significant, but that they also relate to some kind of basic human truth of of yeah. how how human beings live their lives and something that we can all understand that we've all felt or can relate to feeling of some basic desire of. He wants the girl, or he wants the great job to have the nice life, or something something that basic, that yeah. uh, that and universal. We, and we have to want to see that get achieved right. as yeah. the audience. And you have that's to, the important part. It has to be universal enough that it activates that part of your brain, that that's that empathy part of your brain that fires up those those yeah. those circuits that go. If you hate that guy, I I, <laughs> I know exactly what that's like to to really want that girl and not be able to get her, or to really want that job and not not be able right. to get it. I think I think for example, that's why speaking of uh, television, I finally now that it's up on Netflix, I finally started watching Breaking Bad. Me too. Uh, and Breaking uh, Bad, Breaking Bad awesome. is a, is awesome, and it's a great example of of making you care. And and you know you've got these characters and situations, and and you're watching, and you're like, I should be opposed to this. I don't yeah. want you know this is not they're not doing good things. They're cooking meth, and they're do, you know they're 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 struggling with with having to kill people and stuff like that. Even even early on yeah. in the show, as as I'm only like two or three episodes in, but but. Yeah. You see where this these characters are coming from, and you're on their side, and you yeah. you're like, God, just how do they do it? And it's so weird to be on their they just, side. They, you, they made this guy very sympathetic. Yeah. They, yeah. Just, they just they, they stack the deck, that's, so you really care about this guy, and you and you totally understand why he then proceeds to, yeah. to do bad things. That's well, why, if we had to apply that to a fresh 
project, someone that doesn't know Breaking Bad. For instance, in Breaking Bad, they do things like give him a sympathetic kid who's disabled and that kind of thing. Is that the kind of thing that makes you feel for a character right He's, off the bat? He, yeah, how, do you yeah. make them, how do you make an audience again, care again, for again, a, a okay, character's problem? It's, it's, there's no, like... Give him cancer. I mean, that's the right. answer in Breaking Bad, but that's not the answer. Like, not every the, movie character has to have cancer. The answer that relatable. That we're going well, being relatable, and also again the the you know the pithy term that we use now. Thank you, Blake Snyder. Is have them save the cat. Have them mm-hmm. do something that makes you go. That is a good person. That is a person that is decent, and you know I I want to see good things come to them. And if it's not, then the path they take to try and get those good things to come to them it's like in breaking bad he is making the wrong choices but he's making them because <laughs> yeah. he's he's got a goal that you can sympathize my, with. my favorite example of that that i've seen in recent history because save the cat is blake snyder's term tv tropes uses the term pet the dog pet but the it's, dog. it's but <laughs> yeah. the same yeah. concept it's always and animals my favorite so, recent example from a movie i've seen recently is 25th hour where the movie is about yeah. edward norton who is a drug dealer who then gets caught and is gonna go to jail and so it's about his like last day before he goes to jail the scene the very opening, uh, the very first scene, the opening of the movie, is him literally saving a dog. And it's like a ten, <laughs> five or ten minute scene of him and his buddy, and the buddy's like, no, just fuck the dog. Let the dog die. Who cares? And Edward Norton literally saving this dog and go, okay. Yeah. And, now, and then the whole rest of the movie is about him going to jail for being a drug dealer. And the movie's never like, no, he's not a drug dealer. Oh, he totally is. He's totally a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. And he was totally selling drugs to kids. And that's very explicit through the film, but you still, because of that, that establishing, because they did that up front at, at, at first, at the very beginning, yeah. you're when, on board. And when you're going to have your main character be a guy who sold drugs to kids, you better have him spend 10 minutes saving a dog. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, who's going to care about that guy? Yeah. Yeah. What is and how do you, I guess, articulate as a, as a person who's puppeting all the strings a character arc? How do you make that happen? How do you decide what the proper arc is and where he needs to be or if well, she... You well, start at one extreme and then you end at the other. Here's here's the thing I, w- I want to yeah. go to where um, what, what Brian was talking about, and it's similar to having the, the theme and the point of your story. Uh, from, from my perspective, the advice I would give um, that I still have trouble following, but when I do follow it, it works out really well for me. So um, I'll, I'll give it, but it's hard. Um, all the stuff we're talking about right now... Think about like none of it when you're doing your first draft. Mm-hmm. Just sit down and and just write something out, and it's your like flailing and pooping draft. You're just you're just <laughs> all, making a mess everywhere, and you I, gotta clean it up later. My writing partners right now have been in the business twenty years. It's called the vomit draft. The vomit draft. That's, yeah. what they, that's, uh, that's actually why at least I think I never finish anything because I have a really hard time with vomit draft. Uh, my my editor, I write three lines and I want to rewrite. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm the same way. And that's that's a really that's I'll a write trap. one line of dialogue and go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're, right gonna, there. you're gonna have to come back and rewrite. Step one idea. Step two. Get something on the page right now. Exactly. Yeah. Because because as you no matter how much you think about it, as soon as you start putting stuff down on the page, it's going to change. Just something about yeah. the act of writing and that's to me that's the most exciting part of writing is when I'm writing along and writing along and kind of forcing through it and then something will happen that I had no idea was going to happen. That's the that's the that's the point. Yeah. That, that, that when you go that's when that's, you're like, that's what oh, you're waiting for. It's taking off now. And then mm-hmm. and then you go from there and stuff like that. And you may get to the end and 
you you want to finish a first draft and then you can go back and go okay what the fuck am i talking about yeah. what is this about you know cuz you have you're not required to show anyone the first draft it feels really weird it's like it's like that louis ck joke where he's like you know you you masturbated too recently and now everyone you meet you're like oh god they know <laughs> they know so you now know? they know it's like there's there's <laughs> with with writing with writing it's the same thing yeah. with writing it's the same thing you go out and you're like the 711 guy knows i wrote the shittiest <laughs> sentence this morning He's just <laughs> judging me. Yeah. It's not true. Nobody has any they idea. That you, unless you put it on your blog. Exactly. And tell people to read it. Exactly. In um, which case, it's your own fault. So, like, the first draft can be a private draft for just you while you're in the vomit draft. You're yeah. just figuring it out, making a total mess, and then you go, okay, what the fuck is going on here? I will, I will do that. I, I and it's so hard for me because right now I'm, I've got a script that I've got to get finished, and I've, I've been I've been better than I ever have been in fighting the internal editor who goes, "No, you go back and rewrite." So I'm 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 feeling I'm a little more capable now of what I wish I'd been able to do all along is literally just like leave myself little notes uh-huh. like, okay, this uh, this scene, you know, she needs to the, at the end they have to kiss somehow or other, just figure it out later, you know, just so I don't like stick on that part right. and I can skip over and keep writing, you know. Yeah, I write, I, I'll I'll do that. I'll like write text in red. I'm like this, 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 and then we yeah, I leave myself big notes so it doesn't go all the way to like yeah. you know which, producer's hands with a big like note to self yeah. in the middle of it yeah. you forgot to get. Which which is a good technique. Just the point. Make sure if you are going to when you do get to a point where you show it to somebody else, make sure you take. Those out. Yeah, I've done script coverage, and I've seen those notes that have been left in. <laughs> yeah, see, They're like, Ooh. yeah, careful proofreading. That's and that's a that's actually um, it's the end of the process. But uh, um, in in books like uh, you know uh, the screenwriting books, actual screenwriters talking about the process, not necessarily how to write a script, but how they write a script and just anecdotes and so on. Um, everyone says that, and there was a blog post I read recently on a blog I follow from a screenwriter who says, uh, you know, the point at which you give it to somebody else. Whoever that is, unless it's your close friends, um, it better be the best script you can you can yeah. you can have made. Yeah, don't, um, don't. And, and and by the way, uh, personal tip: um, the minute you give it to someone real, it is a first draft. Don't hand someone a draft that's a seventh draft right. because it's not. It's the first draft. The yeah. first time it's actually been shown in the world. Doesn't matter how many times you wrote it, that's the first draft. And and never, uh, you know, we we would we've talked about uh, fan films and in being on film forums and stuff like that. Never ever do the thing, not just with scripts, but with anything. Never ever put something out there and go, I know this, this, and this are a problem. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. Why fix am I it. reading it? <laughs> fix that <laughs> yeah. if you know it's a problem. Screenwriters and then say that me. all the time. They go, yeah, so and, you know, it's not quite there, but I really like you taking a look at my script. I'm not going to. No. You just told me yeah. it's not worth reading. Okay, I, I just hand it back to them and be, well, I think blah, 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 and just give them yeah. that note back. Fix that, and I'll read the next one. Um, but... Uh, in terms of so so that's in terms of developing theme and stuff like that, but also in terms of a character arc because a lot of times you'll be writing and you're like I don't know what's going on. I just had an I you know I've, I had the Jim Cameron I saw a robot in fire and I'll have to figure yeah, out how that to, works. How to make ninety minutes of um, it. And then and then you do and you get to the end and you're like all right where did they end up? All right I'm pushing them to the other end of that at the <laughs> yeah, beginning. Right. Yeah. And I'll I'll you know. Um, you don't have to work linearly. That's a that's a yeah. that's a big secret that, that <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't. You can you it's can the, jump to a scene in the middle. You can start at the end and work your way backwards. It's the Deus Ex Machina yeah. quote. We've been yeah, saying. it's, it's Stephen, Stephen King's Deus Ex Machina quote. Every 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 ending every ending of any story in the first draft is Deus Ex Machina. It's just the skill of a writer is to go back in the first act, <laughs> and put and, the gun on the mantle, and set it up. So set it's it up like, properly. And that's exactly where I am right now because I'm like I'm in the finale of the script I've been working on, and and like I'm like oh they totally need to do this, which is in no way set up, right? But I'm gonna fix that later. Yeah. So it's like, so it's weird because I'm I'm writing payoffs to setups that currently don't exist yeah. in the current draft. Mm-hmm. But now I know what I have to go back when I rewrite and what to be what to be looking for. 
No, we got this letter from someone. We didn't. Uh, tear down in front. When I'm putting together my script with all the different crayons of the screenwriting trade, when do I use my subtext crayon and how? What does that mean, letter writer? Yeah, what are you talking about? I think what they mean... What's your subtext? I think what they mean is, at which point do you use subtext or do you think about things in terms of subtext? Is that on draft four? And, and is it is it always the kind of thing where the subtext is what these two people want to be telling each other, but that's not what they're telling each other? I think it's I think it's always. Does it basically betray a relationship at any given point? I, I think it's you're always you should always be thinking about subtexts, you know, yeah. uh, at whatever point. But it's something that you can definitely leave until after the vomit draft if you want. Yeah. You can in the vomit draft. Yeah, I, yeah. I write it's now, often the text. You write, yeah. you know, in vomit draft, I've been writing it now again just to just to get through it because like, oh, this is going to be a very key scene, but. That's not where I'm at right now. I got to get it, you know. I got to get the pages down. You know, I get to be able to write the end. Uh, so I just, I, I literally have. I wrote one scene where I literally had the characters speak the subtext out loud. I really love you, but I don't know how to express it. Oh, that's all right. I'm actually kind of emotionally stunted myself. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> no, it's not going to be on the screen like that. But that's just my little breadcrumb trail for myself. Like, okay, that's what needs to be happening. But when I go back and I rewrite it, it's going to be talking about what they want on the pizza. You know? Right. Because subtext is just the idea of what what your characters are really feeling and what they're really thinking what they're really doing it's just covered up that's that's it's covered up by the actual text the conversation is really about i love you but i'm i love whatever it's actually the text is about pizza so you can as long, just make sure it's there it exists on the page in the first place and then you can go back later and cover it up yeah because it has to be again it comes back to a scene between two characters has to be about something and something more important than what's on the pizza, really. Right, right. Otherwise, why is it, you know, why is it in the movie? Um, and this goes back to the conflict idea. It's like, uh, you know, you can say, well, how can I have conflict in this scene? Um, it doesn't, you, you know, you might, it's, a, it's a buddy comedy and then they're in the car. It's like, well, give them something to argue about. You know, like they both want to go talk to the guy and get the information and let them argue about how they're going to talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. But if it's just them, you know, unless you're Quentin Tarantino, and again, if you're Quentin Tarantino, you're getting away with it so far mostly – but bear in mind that you should have some kind of conflict between those two guys. Or maybe one desperately wants to go talk to the guy, one desperately doesn't, but they're having an argument at face value that only clues you into the fact that they have these two different opinions, and then it's something they may or may not notice, or something like that. Well, exactly. It's, it's, it reveals someone's agenda yeah, in a well, way that is not... It's basically innuendo. It's basically right. non-sexual Cause innuendo. Because no so few people... T- just... Uh, another another uh, important thing for when when writing a script, especially when you're doing rewrites, seriously, 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 read it out loud. Yes, because it'll look good on the page, but then say it out loud, and you're like, "What the fuck? Who talks like that?" <laughs> this is so, the George Lucas rule. Exactly, it, read it out loud. Humans or don't talk like that. If you act it out, if you want, if you have yeah. if you have a, a bunch I of friends that. who will get together with you, or, or you know, actors or something like that, have them do a reading for you, so you're not reading it. It's right. it's, it's in front of people who don't know what it sounds what like in, in your, your head. head. Yeah. And you you hear how it's it sounds like coming out of other people's. You know, the new final like, draft actually has robot voices that'll yeah. read the script yeah. for you, which is at least a start. You know, yeah. it's and if you right really direction. really want to get crazy, you can stand in front of your mirror and actually act it out, and even headbutt the mirror and break your own nose. <laughs> yeah. For example, for example, someone might do. Yeah. Well, Aaron Sorkin just did that. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Sorkin just did that. And I, it's funny. I was reading a script uh, recently that just had um, an issue where I, I, I wish I could remember the actual uh, screen. But there's something about how a guy walks into a room and he's got a gun and he's got. It, it was all about how that's physically not possible. It, it right. described him doing an action, which is like, well, if you just read what you know, actually think about what you just said the guy did. He can't possibly. He doesn't have enough hands to do what you just described. He pushes her against the wall and handcuffs her while holding a gun to her head. Like, sure, show me that. Show me how that works. Show me how that happens exactly. 
Um, yeah, and that's but that's again a second level. I mean, that's hopefully the kind of thing you catch after the vomit draft. We go well, just he you know he has to get handcuffs on her. That's the point. Yeah. Then later you can kind of finesse the details about how that works out. Um, something something else that I, I want to point going back to the idea of um, the rules and breaking the rules is um, I I started uh, my uh, my screenwriting uh, by reading Sid Field because that was the one. Mm-hmm. And Sid Field is the sort of like, here it is. Here is screen structure. First act, second act, third act, arc, blah, 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 blah. and it's very, very sort of graphic and Soviet. You know, it's like, <laughs> huh, here it is. And and uh, it, feel, it feels kind of restricting. And you kind of go, eh. Um, and you don't necessarily want to always follow that to the letter because, again, we go, well, that film's very formulaic. Um, it comes back to what we – I think I may, it may have come up in some commentary or other, the, um, the, the Picasso analogy. It's like, oh, anyone can paint like a Picasso. Look at that bullshit. It's like, no, Picasso went to art school. If you said, could you draw me a cow that looks like a cow? Picasso would go, yeah, fuck yeah. Zoom, bang. He's moved beyond that. But he started by doing the real way, the good way, the proper way. And he internalized that. And then he began to change it. So I think it's very important to go, I'm not going to uh, screw your conventional screenplay structure. I'm a maverick. It's like, well, no, you're just untrained. Yeah, yeah. I would like you to learn the, the screenplay structure. You're trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Don't. The wheel exists. And if, yeah. if for you to get from point A to point B requires something other than a wheel, okay. Yeah. If you want to get a wheel and then tweak the wheel. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. And again, like I said, it's like I think it's important to know the to know the proper way things are done, so that you recognize when you're deviating from it. So you recognize and you know you're, why you're taking and you know a chance. Why. But if you go, I know this is not proper structure that I'm doing here, but I really think it's going to work. Well, it can. It actually can. It's, yeah. You know, movies can be non traditionally structured and work great. There are thousands of examples right. of it. But the di- but but. People can tell the difference between you did that yeah. and you just don't. You just know don't the know right what the fuck anything is. Yeah, yeah you right. just made that shit up. You don't know how any, how this works. Got about five minutes left. Let's let's stew on this one for a few minutes and be done with it. What's the difference between bra- uh, draft four and draft five? A movie that feels like a draft four movie and a movie that feels like a draft five movie. Oh, that's hard to say. That's, I, I, I think that's, 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 that's it depends on how many drafts total there are. Yeah. I mean, are you yeah. are you saying draft five is in the final? You know, the last. What's the draft? difference between a movie that feel, I I, I, want, I, don't I want to use my thing? I could one never, that feels really tight and how and how you go about going. This needs to be tighter. That is fine. How do you how do you make those arbitrations? Well, that's you know when do you finish you know painting a wall? It's like well that that part's kind of shabby now that I painted all the way to the other end. <laughs> you can you know there there is a point where you just abandon that. I mean, multiple drafts of scripts come from production. I mean, the only reason to have multiple drafts of script is production. Is here's your, you know, we, the script that you say, here's my script, here's the movie I want to make. It already should be the best movie that you are capable of like yeah. thinking of in your mind. Multiple drafts after that are because, well, it's great, except that instead of this actress, we got this actor instead, so you have to change the gender. Oh, that's a draft change. Um, and we're not going to shoot in Vancouver. We're actually going to shoot in uh, Kazakhstan. Well, that's a new draft. Um, and now we don't really like what you did, so we're going to bring in another guy, and that's the next draft. Yeah. I mean, drafts are just because someone, some outside arbitrary force is requiring changes to be made. Yeah. Um, the trick well, is well, in finding a way to make paper, sense They might of as well it. use it. Yeah, exactly. They bought all that green <laughs> paper. The the trick is in finding in trying to and the the craft of writing because you can just do that you yeah. can do yeah he's a guy now and blah, blah blah but the the when you're doing a really good job of it and and what ultimately they will pay you the big bucks for if they do is that you can take that and still make it make sense yeah. <laughs> instead of just changing it you you craft it all together and it feels like it was supposed to be that yeah. way it's still part of one cohesive whole yeah. that, that all of those details and all of those elements still relate back to the central through line the central theme right. of 
of why you sat me down to tell me the story. In yeah, the first and place. and and if you have to change the the through line, if you have to change, this is why I'm telling you the story to accomplish the gender change or mm-hmm. the location change or whatever, then do it. That's yeah. better than just changing the location right. and being like, but and, that's not telling me the same story. Anymore. And, uh, and breaking the spine of the movie yeah. in the process. Yeah. The whole concept of drafts is, is completely a business thing. It, it, when, when you're writing for yourself, drafts don't exist. There's the movie you're writing, and then there's right. the day you stop writing it, and that's <laughs> the first draft. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the things, it's like it's the mark of an amateur. If you get a script and they go, seventh draft? Well, yeah. where was this? Miramax? Yeah. How has this gone through seven drafts already when I thought it was fresh? Um, you know, drafts, who wrote the draft and why and what the date is, is strictly a production right. question. Um, it doesn't matter at all until you enter that world. Yeah, and you don't want to put that stuff on, on a script anyway because it's like, that can only backfire on you. If you send it to a producer and it's – don't put the draft number on it at all. Yeah. Because if you send it to a producer and it says first draft, they're like, first drafts are shit. Send me, the, you know, send me one when you've actually worked <laughs> yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. If you send them one that says the seventh draft, it's like, well, obviously you can't you – know, you, you can't It's been nail around it, town already. And it's been around town, so why would I hire you? Like, don't. Just give them a script and let it speak for themselves yeah, if, exactly. you get, if you can get in that door. Well, what I mean more specifically, and I should have corrected you, but you were having a good conversation. We have about a minute and a half left. Is Uh-oh. <laughs> for the for, pretend that I'm using the word drafts the way I intended to be using it, which is at home when you're writing it. I've I've I feel like I've gone through and cleaned this up four times. What's the difference in feeling between a four and a five? How do you, how do you know when you're done? Is that what you're asking? Well, how do you know? Like at the last minute, it's like okay, I need to make this a little bit better. Sprinkle some more fucking effort onto it before I kill myself. I'll try that. Take some. Well, first until of all, you take can't some, think of anything to yeah, do. Yeah, if you yeah. can't think of anything else, if it's all just like this, I can't think of anything else. That's when you at least give it to someone else who goes, "Well, this, this, and this." You're like, "Oh, fucking oh, right. right!" I should have right. thought of that. Okay, I need yeah. to I get need to, to get to the, get to the point that. where you get to the point where you can't think of anything else to to fix it or make it better. Uh, read it all the way through, then put it on the table. Sit down, look at the clock. Yeah. Think as hard as you can for five solid minutes. <laughs> five minutes, not a second, uh, not a second less. And if you still can, at that point, think of anything better, then give it to when somebody. You, when and then you walk away. Register at the yeah. WGA and show it to And somebody. then walk away for a month. Yeah. yeah. And then pick it up and go, oh, my God, this is shit. Yeah. When you've got, when you've got the script at, your, at the point where you can give it to someone without going, I know such and such is yeah, a problem. Yeah, this is already a problem. Be it where you can just slam it on the table and be like, boom. There it is, yeah. bitch. Drop the mic. Yeah. Exactly. Suck that. And then you get someone else's opinion and tell you to change everything, and you have to listen to this podcast again. Until next week, this has been the intermission. My name is T. Christie. Brian Finnefer. Mike Scott. Trace Dokes. And we're under the wire. We have 14 seconds, 13 seconds, 12 oh, seconds to fill. This one time, oh, there was this guy. Yeah. Learn to take criticism. Yeah. Also, it, it needs right a, it needs yeah. a. Oh yeah, that's very important. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, it's like give me give me feedback on the script. Well, I think this. Well, here's why you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs>